You know what they say about business, right? Starting a business is like throwing a massive house party. I'll provide the entertainment and vodka. You show up ready to enjoy yourself. Hustlers, I'm Asenneth Horton and this is Hustle and Grow, a podcast where we take a normal person who's launched something completely badass and we get real with what makes them tick. So excited, Chris, to have you in studio today. How are you? Just awesome, Asenath. Fantastic. I'm I'm happy to hear your voice, and you're coming to us virtually from the state of California, and I can't tell you how a uh, little bit jealous I am just because it's really cold where I am right now in, in the <laughs> great state of Utah. It's snowing outside right now, and you've got the beach. <laughs> That's right. How is that to be an entrepreneur who can pick up and go everywhere you want to go and still be able to do your work. That's that's why you want to be an entrepreneur, right? Uh-huh. That's right. That's right. <laughs> okay. Well, so as we jump in, I think that my audience is going to be really excited to hear a little bit about you, your business, but a little bit about how you got to be where you are now. So tell me about yourself. Yeah, so, you know, obviously I, I'm staying in California. I, I normally live in the state of Utah, so I just didn't want to deal with all the snowflakes that you're dealing with right now, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm married. I've got eight kids total between the two marriages. And uh, and definitely just uh, I love life. Like uh, I, I actually started out just doing the normal thing like everybody else, going to college, trying to get good grades. Uh, but I realized pretty quickly I said, hey, you know, if I want to have control and freedom and I don't want somebody to tell me how much I'm worth – I should probably, you know, be in business, and my whole goal is actually to become a business consultant and start out that, you know. So I, you know, I left Oregon, came out to Utah, started on that journey, and then I ended up becoming a financial advisor, and uh, that was my first business that I did, and I dropped out of college to do it, and I never went back. Uh, I ended up actually enjoying it, did it for four years, quit it, and then uh, learned like the stuff I've learned now, and actually was able to retire when I was 28 years old. Um, and uh, teaching ballroom dancing, so um, that's kind of my thing. Is like I, I got a little bit of all kinds of weird stuff about me that uh, you know go from you know being a business to a ballroom dancer to you name it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, what what are you doing currently, active for work? You know, right now I still work as a consultant for entrepreneurs, professionals, uh, people like that. That either one of two things happen. Either one, they're saying, okay, I'm making more money, but where the heck is it all going? Like I don't feel I feel like I should be further ahead financially than I am, or two, they're saying, okay, I make great money, but when can I actually get my money working for me? So I don't always have to keep working for money. How can I actually have a better quality of life, like a lifestyle, that freedom, so I can do what I want, so I can snowbird to California or Florida or wherever, you know, Hawaii, you know, just so I can you know be able to do that, uh, that kind of stuff, and and have that freedom that I've always wanted, and and that's really what uh, I started doing is a uh, you know I actually. Like I mentioned, I retired when I was 28 years old. What I found out was that cash flow is what creates freedom. You know, because when you have more cash coming in than what's going out, you start to have options. You know, mm-hmm. you have options. You can do things. You can have choice. You can build a do whatever the heck you want, right? Um, and that's what I did. I didn't have lots of money saved up after I quit being a financial planner. I, I realized that being a financial planner, the whole stuff that they teach you about, you know, work hard, save everything, spend nothing, pay off all your debt. 
you know, work forever until you can finally retire and, and then let, sit on your front porch, drink lemonade. Like that whole thing is a bunch of crap. Like it doesn't work. It never has worked and it never will work. And I've run the numbers that they even use and they still don't work. It's, it's seriously like the biggest sales job ever that people have bought into. And, uh, but what I found out uh, when I was, you know, this is back in 2006, what I found out is that you don't need millions of dollars saved up to live off the interest. You can actually, if you have streams of income coming in that don't require you to work a lot so that your hustle isn't a hassle, right? Mm-hmm. So that you can work a lot less but make a lot more. Um, that's when, that's when all of a sudden it blew my mind. I was like, wait, I don't have to do a lot. And in 2006, I was only working like three or four hours a week, but I was able to take care of my family's needs. And that really like inspired me. Like it, it got me kind of a weird place because I didn't know what I was going to be when I grew up at that point, right? Um, it's like when you have all that, all, all of a sudden you have time, what are you going to do with that time? And that's where that mission kind of came in. I realized my life has a greater purpose than just taking care of my family. And, uh, and I came out of retirement in 2007 and started teaching this kind of stuff, you know, and, uh, it's kind of evolved over time. Four years ago, launched Money Ripples, and that's how I met you. You were like yeah. my first coach when I had Money Ripples, right? And <laughs> yeah. Got me going and got me you know, doing all these kind of interviews and stuff like that. That's been just driving my business and, and giving me the lifestyle that I've always wanted. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's wonderful. I'm so glad you went into that. And I absolutely, I'm, gonna, I, I'm not going to steal it. I'll always quote you and I'll say it's, it's uh, you know, hustle instead of hassle. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I see some people they think that hustle requires you to work like 80 hour weeks and things like that and and I'm not saying you're not going to work hard I mean sometimes you might work harder than you did having a job but uh, I'll tell you like that it doesn't have to be a huge hassle it doesn't have to be forever um, and I see a lot of entrepreneurs that feel stuck like they feel like they're working harder than they ever did and they're still stuck there mm-hmm. like they're, they basically own a job they don't own a business and that's kind of my passion is like break people free from that chains give them hope that no you can't actually have a life you can actually work because you love it not because you need to make the money yeah yeah no that's wonderful okay so I've got I've got a couple of questions that I want to ask you on your process through or through your through your process however you've uh, come to where you are what is something that you've had to work really really hard for and maybe it was a big struggle that's turned into an opportunity but tell me about uh, something that's been hard and how you've overcome it I have a few, obviously a few experiences that way. You know, uh, I, I like to joke that my pain becomes other people's gain, right? Um, your your mess becomes your message is another kind of phrase that's out there. Yeah. Um, you know, one, it was interesting. When the Great Recession happened, I went through my hardest financial time. I mean, I was, I was, I ended up, I went from millionaire to upside down millionaire. I went from, you know, being retired and then I came out of retirement to teach what I did. But a lot of the people I was working with were real estate investors. And so when they got smashed hard by the recession, plus my own real estate got smashed hard, I ended up finding out that I'm like, crap, now I'm in the hole, 16000 a month. And, and eventually, uh, I ended up being about a million dollars in debt. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can imagine that was a pretty overwhelming place. And that's actually why I tell people I, I can't really judge them no matter where they're at in their finances because I guarantee I've been in a worse situation than they have. You know? Yeah. And, uh, and that's kind of what happened. And, and so it was about a year and a half of real struggle. Most of that struggle could have been prevented, but I didn't know it at the time. I didn't know how to deal with it. Um, a lot of that struggle actually became because um, I emotionally was feeling depressed. You know, I was, I was feeling trapped. I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And so desperation would creep in. And whenever you're desperate, money flees. You know, when, when, the more you want money, the less you get of it, right? Yeah. That's what ends up happening. The, the more you're desperate for money, the less you'll end up making. 
And, uh, and so I had to like really learn how to control my emotions and deal with that. And, and that even applied even when I went through divorce, you know, about a year or so ago, you know, but yeah, I, I went, I went through probably my toughest year in 2015, you know, and, uh, and even though it wasn't the worst financially I've been through, still like emotionally and everything else, I mean, I had to call back on the same tools I learned when I dealt with all that crap when I was financially struggling in like 2008. And uh, the nice thing is that uh, I mean, all things come to an end. Like you wait, you you ride waves and everything else, and that's what happened with me. Is that uh, as I really, you know, every day I had to make a conscious effort to get up to choose a different attitude to be able to say, you know what, it could always be worse. I stopped saying it can't get any worse than this because that only proved to be wrong every time I said it. So I started saying, you know, it can always be worse and I'm grateful I am where I am, even if it was horrible. And even meant that I had to look for, dig for things like, you know what, I'm just grateful I can breathe. That's actually one thing I learned from the book, Donald Trump, Never Give Up. One of the, probably the only good books you'll see him being a little bit humble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, in that book, he talked about how he was $900 million in debt and how he had to dig out of that and, and become a billionaire within three years again after losing it all. And, uh, and that was a big thing I got from it. Is that he was always grateful for at least one thing, even if he had to really stretch for it mm-hmm. and focus all the energy and attention towards that. And that's what got me through that hard time. And, and that's eventually where things turn around. They turn around very quickly for me. It, uh, I ended up paying off over $900,000 of that debt in just three and a half years after that. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up. Something that I am constantly attentive to is the concept of what you water grows. And you talked about yeah. the thing when you have desperation. I think desperation drives things away from us in many, many different areas of life, right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter if it's finances or, you know, girls, if you're, relationships. Yeah, re- relationships, um, you know, whatever it is that you want so badly, um, it will, you, that desperation will drive it. And, you know, what you're talking about with Mr. Trump and the gratitude, I think that, um, I think that that's something if, if every single person on this world could look and say, what is one thing I can be grateful for today? And instead of paying attention to what I don't have, and I'm desperate for that thing, what I do have, and still paying attention to the thing that you need more of, because, you know, as a single person that's lonely, we might feel like we need a relationship, and we want it so badly. But instead Mm -hmm. of being desperate for it, change your thought process around a little bit to say, I'm grateful for the friendships that I do have. Maybe I don't have the love of my life, but... I am a blessed person and that sometimes changes everything around. And it sounds like as you're describing your situation, um, that was a pretty, I mean, I, I would imagine that that's a really, really hard time in life that a lot of people, maybe they don't see $900,000 in debt, but people sometimes a hundred thousand dollars in debt is devastating. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think that's a really good tip that a lot of people can walk away with just to be able to find that gratitude every day. So I appreciate you for sharing that tough situation. Yeah, like the like the saying goes, you can either get bitter or better, but you can't be both. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good one. I like that one too. So you know, here's I you know I have a couple of interesting, fun questions that you know people get to know you a little bit better on, and it and this might be one that you have you and Adis and you are going to have a fabulous dinner party, and you have the opportunity to invite anybody over from any point in time, historical, non, people alive now or not, it doesn't matter. Who would you invite over, and what would you serve them for dinner? Mm, okay. 
So I would probably say, uh, you know, at least people living. I mean, there's a lot of people dead. I, I wouldn't mind, you know, getting to know like Buckminster Fuller, for example. I said that on another show I was on. And, you know, people like that or, or Milton Friedman would be awesome. But I would love uh, to have Desmond Tutu and, and the Dalai Lama together. Oh, boy. Like, those guys, I mean, those guys are just a hoot. I mean, a couple old men. I mean, it's like grumpy old men, but they laugh a lot, right? And uh, I think it would be fun. I think what we'd serve them would be tacos. Okay. Any specific type of taco? Just straight up street tacos? <laughs> well, I'm not sure if any of them are vegetarian, so we might have to have a you know a variety possibly. But uh, yeah. no, I think, yeah, I think street tacos would be great. Like just have a kind of a relaxed, fun time, you know? Yeah. No, that sounds. You know, that sounds fantastic. That sounds like a great little dinner party. I love it. So um, another question for you: What is something that you know? As we've talked a little bit about your history and about your family, what's something that people in general don't know about you, or that they would find surprising about you? You know, um, probably. Well, one, I actually spent five years growing up in a trailer park. Okay. And so it's funny because people will say like, "Oh yeah, you got all this money stuff here." I'm like, "Yeah, I grew up like everybody else, and in some cases, worse off." You know, I grew up in a trailer park near Portland, Oregon and stuff and, you know, and for several of those years and was very middle class and average and, you know, couldn't dance at all. And then all of a sudden I ended up becoming one of the world's top amateur ballroom dancers. So, you know, just go to show that people got weird stuff in their history. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't matter what you've got in your history. It's not ex- not an excuse to go forward for a dream, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Run, run for your dreams. And okay, so as we go into this little bit of a fast hustle round, I have some quick questions. And, you know, like I mentioned, if you, you know, we'll go through them quick, but if you want to expand on anything, please feel free to. Um, But three traits that define you. I would say the three traits define me. One definitely is perseverance. Mm -hmm. As I kind of mentioned, that's a huge one. Um, Second one is is definitely uh, uh, optimistic. Like I definitely bring hope, and then the third one would be, uh, um, oh, I just forgot what it was. I ended up skipping around. Mm-hmm. Um, third one, I think, would just be uh, just kind of like, uh, 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 I guess the best word I'm trying to come up with is relaxed or, um, you know, kind of your maybe personable, soothing, personable. Yeah. <laughs> okay, personable, and you're right on those ones. I actually think that those are great. Personable and relaxed does describe you. And at the same time, you know, people might get you wrong because it's not that you don't have hustle inside of you because you totally do. You know when to turn up the heat and when to get busy mm-hmm. and move forward, and you're very capable of that. I think that's great. Okay, yeah. one thing one thing you cannot live without. Chips and salsa. <laughs> That's awesome. How long to go? Go with your street tacos, right? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. If I can't have street tacos, at least I can have chips and salsa. Right? Oh, that's awesome. Do you make And ice own... cream. You know, I got to have, maybe not the same day, but you got to have those too. Yeah. Yeah. Ice cream. That's awesome. Do you make your own salsa or do you like a certain kind? Uh, I, I've been lately with my, my new wife. I mean, we go all organic on stuff. So we've been doing more organic salsa and I, I don't make it. That's just too much work for me. I'd just rather buy it from Costco or something. Mm-hmm. There you go. Okay, favorite time of the week and why? You know, favorite time of the week, God, they kind of blend together, especially when we've been snowbirding. Um, I'd probably still say, um, I don't know, usually the middle of the week is kind of fun. I almost like Thursday, Friday. Mm-hmm. It's kind of fun because 
it's almost like everybody else relaxes too. People chill out, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I kind of enjoy that, like that time of week. Not not that my week's much different. I mean, Thursday's no different from like Monday, and sometimes even from Saturday. It's just whatever. But um, I tend to like right around Thursday. Like it seems like uh, everything kind of gets happier. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. So as you as you think about your favorite time of the week, maybe maybe it correlates with your favorite place to be. Where do you love to find yourself? Outside. Yeah, right. I like to be outdoors a lot. Like, uh, I, I'm not the type of person that likes to camp outdoors. I, I rather glamp than camp. Okay. But, uh, but I love, like, hiking and walking in nature. Like, I love just, you know, the block away is the beach from us right now. And just going out to walk along the, the boardwalk there, just to walk along the beach and just be out there or be in nature. Like, go for a hike out in the woods, like when I'm in Utah, up in the mountains. Like, that's kind of my thing is, like, I like to get out where it's, peaceful and quiet and just kind of chill. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's wonderful. And I think that makes two of us because I, that's where I go. I head for the mountains, whether it's rain or snow or sunny times. I love them. Head for the hills. Mm-hmm. That's right. Headed for the hills. Okay. Something that you are afraid of, a biggest fear. Uh, biggest fear would have to be, uh, the one, the fear that's, that I've had to work on the most has really been the fear of rejection. Like that's been my biggest fear like throughout my life. Like that's mm-hmm. the thing I struggle with. I had to struggle with it in business and overcome that and be able to relax and just be me and be a dork if I want to be a dork and, and be okay with that. Um, and that applies to relationships. It applies to really everything. And so sometimes that's been my driver, um, but I realize that that doesn't always serve me and it definitely doesn't serve me anymore. And so rejection, fear of rejection has been the, a big one for me. Mm-hmm. So as you let that you know, you let yourself out of your own box and that inner dork fly. What's something really cool that's happened as a result of that? You know, the, the coolest thing has been like uh, I, I've i released the worry to like worry about what people think about me. I mean, mm-hmm. I went through a lot of crap when I went through a divorce. Like there's a lot of like rumors spread around me about me and stuff within certain circles. And uh, and I'll tell you like uh, – that that was one that was a suck, one of the suckiest times, but it was one of the most liberating times because I had to deal with that that challenge. And so, be able to be able to say, you know what, this is just what I'm going to teach. This is what I'm going to say, and I don't care if anybody cares. Like I, I just I just stopped caring about whether people cared or not. I just did it. Mm-hmm. And as I did that, like it's amazing how success followed so, so much more easily. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have to stress about. it. I didn't have to force anything. And uh, and I think that's the thing is that you have much more power. You don't have to force those things when you get past those fears, so to, for example, and just and just be. Mm-hmm. That's what's important. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, that is so powerful. I mean, even for me right now, I am feeling the impact of that statement. Um, just to let go of that, and the success will come more naturally. I think that's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. By the way. Yeah, just be you. That's mm-hmm. the easiest way to succeed. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a that's a huge deal. So, um, you know, quick question. You know, I don't. Are you a reader? Do you read much? I do. And what are you, what do you find yourself reading nowadays? You know, it, it depends. I mean, although I've been a little off the reading since I've been transitioning in in snowboarding, but up until then, I've been reading different books. Some of them have been fictional. Um, some of them nonfiction, like nonfiction ones, I really like. I've been reading a, a book or listening to the audio book of The Power of Habit. Okay. Um, just because lately I've been kind of fascinated about what creates habits in people, what helps change habits, how do you get people, and including myself, to change things that you've done for years, right? So that's been one book I've been reading lately. Hmm. 
Okay. Do you have a book that you like to give away? Hmm. Um, you know, when I have, I guess gave a ton of my library away to a local library, just donated a bunch of stuff, like Uh like hundreds of books recently. I'm trying to think of one book I might like to give away. I mean, I guess if if there has been one book, um, one of my favorite books is kind of hard to find, but if I find it, I do. Mm-hmm. Is either one Think and Grow Rich, which yeah. is obviously a classic, right? Yes. Uh, and another one's more rare, which is Acres of Diamonds. I don't know if you've heard of that one or not. I haven't. It's a it's a, actually based on a speech from about a hundred years ago, but amazing, amazing speech. Okay. Awesome. Now is that the one with the pastor? He's a famous pastor that gives a speech about diamonds in the rough. Is that the same one, or is it a different one? A different one. This is okay. a, it's, a, it's like a whole little fictional story about um, a guy that goes searching the world for diamonds, only to find out they're in his field the whole time. Uh huh. That kind of thing. Okay. Okay, that's I. I'm gonna look that one up. I like that. I it's like a good that one. idea. Mm-hmm. Okay, so someone that you look up to. Somebody I look up to. My wife. Like, uh, I don't want her to hear that, of course, you know, but no, she's kidding. <laughs> she is shorter than <laughs> you, isn't to, she? I don't want to go to her head, but no, I, I really like admire, I like revere her. Like, I just, I'm amazed. And, and she's really been probably like my number one, you know, coach, you know, both personal business, you name it. I mean, like just has helped me grow in so many ways and, mm-hmm. uh, I really respect her. So yeah, Adise Boucher, she's my, she's not just the new money mama. She's, she's definitely for the papa too. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I I think that's wonderful. As we kind of wrap up, there's a couple of things I want to chat about. Number one is um, I want to hear a good piece of advice that you have, you know, for the CEOs and the people who are listening to this podcast. What's something that's um, been remarkable for you or a motto that you've got? You know, I'd say the one that comes really comes down to it is, and this is what's got me to to you know see the success I've seen, be able to when money no longer became a mystery for me, right? Because, I mean, even though I teach people about freeing up cash flow and how to make more money and all that kind of stuff, I mean, really, ultimately, what it comes down to it is if if you really want to have more money and more influence in your life and, and better relationships and everything, it all comes down to how you provide value for other people. How do you show up in a way to serve, solve problems, and add value in, a, in such a way that people say you're much more valuable being in their life than out of it? And when you do that, what ends up happening is that money easily follows because people will say, hey, if I have to pay to have whatever you have to have that more in my life, I want it. It means you have more better relationships, friendships, love, and everything else. You know, even I mean, just everything. I mean, I think everything that's rich in this life can come from you showing up to create value for other people, how you show up to serve. And uh, whether you're a CEO or whether you're the person that's in the mailroom, like it doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's always how you show up there. And success, uh, the right connections, the right things will always show up at exactly the right time for you. Mm-hmm. That's a such a great piece of advice. I absolutely love it, and I'm sure that our you know their listeners are going to uh, really appreciate being able to apply that in their life as well. So as we wrap up, how do people stay in touch with you? And tell us a little bit. I know you've got a podcast. Tell us a little bit about that part of it. Yeah, so I have a podcast called the Chris Miles Money Show. Um, you can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, um, BlogTalkRadio.com. You know, but uh, yeah, on that show, like I teach basically like those things of personal development, how to grow your business if you're a business owner, and, and even like things of like how to really like get money work for you so you don't always have to work for money. Like uh, really a lot of the cash flow stuff I teach there, 
great free advice if you want some good tips that way. Great. Um, you can also follow me, moneyripples.com, M-O-N-E-Y-R-I-P-P-L-E-S.com. I've got a great little ebook on there if you like to read called Beyond Rice and Beans, Seven Secrets to Free Up Cash Today. Dang, hey, that's awesome. Which, which is actually like the top points of how my clients have found, on average, thirty-three dollars to $34,000 a year. Um, strategies that they've employed that way on uh-huh. clients. So. Uh-huh. Okay, that's wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Chris, for giving up some of your wonderful, and you you keep using the word snowbird. It's totally the truth. Giving up some of your California coast time for this wonderful podcast. And for my audience, I appreciate you from the tippy top of my heart. It's been an honor. Yeah, wonderful. Well, thank you so much. And we will be in touch another time. Sounds great. This podcast was recorded by me, Aseneth Horton, your host of Hustle & Grow. I'm a Sarah entrepreneur and expert publicist. I've launched 11 different businesses of my own, including a magazine publishing company, both clothing and jewelry lines, and even a roofing company. I've also helped hundreds of businesses from startup tech to multi-million dollar enterprises run successful marketing and PR campaigns. On top of all of that, I have a confession to make. I sleep, dream, and eat business and never tire of thinking about the possibilities or watching these possibilities come to life when someone or some team is excellent at launching. You know what they say about business, right? Starting a business is like launching a rocket ship. You need all the support and ideas you can get. If you'd like to know more about me or our guests or the podcast in general, or if you'd like to become a supporter, please go to citylaunchpr.com forward slash podcasts. Music on this podcast is by Everything We're Not, and the production is by Ascenneth Horton and Company. Ciao!